Hi guys, I'm Marissa. Love the podcast. I'm listening from Pennsylvania and my favorite documentary is Tickled. We're kicking down this motherfucking door and we're doing that. Let's get into it. If there's anything that could be haunted, for sure that fucking chair's haunted. Then again, the internet always wins. The internet always wins. Searching around about uh, this dog I found. Let's be frank, there's piss on the floor. He was pulled out of power and he was murdered by firing squad. I'll start having pain. Three dudes in a dock. That's the one. That, that is what it's called. Okay, gentlemen. Beware of Mr. Baker. Mm-hmm. Yes. The gingerbread man. Yeah. <sighs> A great, great British. I personally think he almost should have been knighted. Really? No, fuck no. He was fucking crazy. If he wasn't crazy, it wouldn't actually surprise me. I have seen multiple World War II documentaries. I have never in any of those documentaries had someone explain the Blitz as a wonderful childhood mm. and sitting in a bunker being like, the sounds of the bombs was so much fun. Yeah. To this day, explosions kind of get me hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I'd go to school and there was empty desk. <laughs> yeah. One, a two, What three. the fuck? And then just the fact that he kind of relates it to his drumming was like, yeah, like I just, mm. I listened to it as yeah. like, kind of like patterns and rhythms, right? Like, yeah. mm. like the drum, the bombs would hit anything. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that would be nuts to build a drum solo off of the fucking blitz. <sighs> yeah. Dude, if his yeah. mom was still alive and be like, did you just look at him? Or like, well, clearly that's Satan. Mm. Everyone else is freaking out. And he's just like, nah, this is cool. He's in his glory. Yeah. He's dancing in the what? fire rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So for those who haven't watched the doc uh, before listening, um, basically Beware of Mr. Baker is about Ginger Baker. He was the one-time drummer for Cream. Um, Blind, Blind Faith. Faith. And a bunch of other smaller mm-hmm. yeah. uh, his own projects. projects. Yeah. I think he basically then just became the composer and director of all of his bands, a band yeah. leader. And then like yeah. every ginormous band after that, the drummer was like, no, Ginger Baker was the shit. Yeah, yeah he's the only drummer. Yeah. So this is my favorite music doc that we've watched so far. It's definitely up yeah. there for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. This um, one holds a special place. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if we call Shut Up and Sing a music doc because it's more... Political. Oh, shut up and sing. Yeah. What about their? Well, wasn't one of them a drummer? Didn't did she drum? No. Oh, okay. No, yeah. they had uh, Chad Smith, right, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, right. oh yeah, that's right. They did. Yeah, and I he was in was this. Yes. He was. So that was yeah. cool that they interviewed him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, and kind of my favorite part was you know like everyone always talks about how Keith Moon and um, I can't remember the other guy's name were like fantastic drummers are the best mm. and John Bonham. Yeah, 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 right. And then in this talk, everyone's like, no, like, yeah. it's Ginger Baker. It always has been Ginger Baker. Yeah. It always will and be. And Ginger takes, like, weird shots at them. Yeah, yeah he does. And he's like, Keithy and Bono. They couldn't fucking yeah. swing a dead cat. Ask yeah. them. I love that. <laughs> he's like, ask them. Basically, like, oh, yeah, but they're dead. And yeah. Like, oh, Jesus, man. Yeah. yeah. Weird shots at their lifestyle through their drum. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, I did heroin better than they did. They yeah. fucking died. I'm a better drummer. I'm a better <laughs> user. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, whoa. How 
absolutely fucked up he was. I Dude, mean, in his thirties, like, he looked like he was at death's door. Yeah, yeah. He's like Keith Richards. Yeah, they, yeah. they have the same DNA. Yeah, <laughs> gross. There had to imagine there's stories of them partying together. Where you're oh, like, I'm dude, sure there, there was is. bodies just falling, and they're like, "How are we still here?" Mm. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely, they partied together. Yeah. They definitely shared yeah. some DNA. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah, Ginger Baker just takes like weird, kind of funny shots. So like the first time he met Mick Jagger, and he's like, "Who's this girly looking guy?" Yeah, like what the fuck's? Why is everyone into him? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> like. Oh man, you just seem to burn so many bridges. <laughs> yeah, because like I have little to no respect or focus on Mick Jagger and Ginger Baker is not someone who I've ever really looked into or even up to. I've been a Cream fan without getting into the details forever, like since basically Guitar Hero. Yeah. And for me, that was when I was like 13. So a while. And yeah, I like for Ginger Baker, like he's. He really is one of the only worthwhile rock-ish drummers. Right. He would fucking hit me in the face with his cane if he heard me say that. But like, yeah, rock drummer. It's all right. He's dead. Yeah. Um, did you know about him before this documentary? Uh, like as a famous drummer? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew about Ginger Baker. I didn't know about Ginger Baker, the person. Yeah. Like who he was off stage. Okay. Sometimes on stage. Yeah. Um, no, it was just it was just about his music. Okay. I didn't know anything about and him. And I had... No clue. Like the only time I've heard his name yeah. is when we've talked about it. Like, mm, Yeah. Know. I don't even know how I found the documentary. I think I just saw the trailer and I was like, oh my God, this seems fucking awesome. Yeah. So wait, had you not seen it? No, I had, but oh, like the first before. time that I saw it, I think when it first came out, right. right. Yeah. Like, I don't know how or where I seen it, but I was like, oh, this is, I had no idea who this guy was. Mm -hmm. And they're like, holy fuck. Like he was at the forefront of like crazy music. Yeah. And like this guy, should be worth billions of dollars, but yeah. just pissed it all away multiple yeah. times. Multiple Not only, times. but was like sort of through the industry, the way it was set up, screwed out of yeah. for yeah. for running a lot of these bands. Yeah, and learning about like the financial breakdown of music just like destroys you. Where you're yeah. like, holy fuck. Yeah. It's yeah. not worth it. They, they don't consider the drummer part of like the writing team. It's, it's a part of the arrangement. The yeah. arrangement, which doesn't yeah. get royalties. Yeah. Which is fucking insane. Yeah. So Jack Bruce, the one person he hates the most, yeah. <laughs> gets all the fucking royalties for the songs that essentially Ginger Baker composed. Yeah. Yeah. But couldn't he... I guess, but like, couldn't you make a legal case that like Ginger Baker composed? So he, you probably could fight get the royalty, it, but, like, but he's with, like, with what money? Yeah. Like if you lose now you're doubly. In the and I guess at the time to fight it, he was just like, now I'll just go hang out with heroin. Yeah. yeah. Heroin will help me. Yeah. That's for sure. I think he was far more focused and unhesitatingly into the drumming side of it. Like he didn't give a fuck about the business. Oh he yeah. He said that multiple times where he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck that. I just want to drum. Yeah, well, like even more so than like his own kids at yeah. at points in his life, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, huh. Even well, in the documentary, he never cried about talking about his kids, but he cried about four famous drummers that he became friends with. Yeah, and the first so, one was a heroin addict. That that was a really touching moment. Like a lot of this, I was like, this guy is a fucking piece of shit. Like he's a riot to watch. Yeah, he's a fucking joy to listen. He'd to. He'd be an awesome uncle, but then you're like, <laughs> I got to get away from you. You're crazy. Yeah, like you don't live here, right? I'm not going to live here. And yeah. so like hearing him talk about, though about um, Phil Seaman, his first uh, mentor, the guy who introduced him to the African rhythm yeah. and heroin. Yeah. Um, Max Roach, uh, fucking Elvin Jones. Mm -hmm. And I think it was Art Blakey. That's yeah. 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 Those yeah. were the four people um, talking, hearing 
uh, Ginger talk about those guys was on the, on the, in the terms of that, he felt like he was actually understood. Mm -hmm. These are the only people that I give a shit about looking at what I give a shit about. I'm a drummer and they're a drummer and we look at each other's stuff and we just, we give each other like a silent nod and like we, we rub shoulders and it just is like magic, unexplainable magic. It's like doing drugs. It's like being on a mushroom. It's just an artist that's like so into their craft that they're like, I don't give a fuck about anyone else's opinion except like my colleagues or like these four guys. Yeah. So like it's, I can't uh, make the, the parallel that I've been in that same situation. But Mm -hmm. I mean like, so as a drummer, I feel like I have talked to people who I have a lot of reverence for and I've played and like they've played for me and I've played for them and we've played stuff together at the same time, sometimes even competitively. That's pretty cool. Um, And it, it really does mean a lot to have a kinship through what you both do. And that I think for Ginger, he was like a really shy person. Oh, absolutely. Super antisocial, like to the point of being positively antisocial not just like neutral. Like he just doesn't interact with people. He actively fucks over the relationships that he is engaged in. But so for him to play music, like he's not a real talker. He's more of a fighter, like a physical person Um, for him to be saying something. Cause I think music is, is language. Like it's language of thoughts. You can't say it has to be played. It's, it's another language. It's like, it's like drawing. It's like when you draw something, you can't explain a picture. You no, have to right. just see it. Yeah. When you play music, you can't talk about it. You have to just play it. So when you talk to someone with your music and they, you feel like they actually hear you, mm-hmm. it, like you understand each other on levels you can't explain. You have to play for each other. And if you play well and you feel like you both get it, he talks a lot about time when you feel like you both are there at the same time in time doing the same thing, like you both just work. It's perfect. Right. Like the, the paint sticks to the primer. It's, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. It is unexplainable. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that was a touch. Yeah, there's like, a, like, yeah, very few things where like that is like can happen. Like with team sports of like a team just yeah. gets some weird thing where you're like, yep. what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Like no one's missing or like you guys are just like boom, 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 boom. Like everyone knows where everyone's going to be. Yeah. And with that style of drumming, like I don't know shit about music, but that style just seems that like no one knows where anyone's going and they're all going in the same direction mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. That's the same speed. It. And you're like, how the fuck? Like, I don't know. It just seems so crazy. Yeah. So kind of related, but not related. Um, Apple or Disney just released uh the Beatles documentary from Peter Jackson. And it's, Oh yeah. It's crazy to see how like without anything written down. So Paul McCartney's just sitting there kind mm-hmm. of strumming away and he creates get back literally out of thin air. Jesus like he's Christ. Just, and, and then the other three are just kind of following along and they kind mm-hmm. of start picking up on what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, again, like Mitch, I know fuck about shit. Uh, when it comes to music, <laughs> that's um, gotta be a lyric in a song for uh, sure. It's a, it's a quote from, um, Ozark. I don't know. Fuck about shit. Oh, nice. Or, I think she says, I don't know shit about fuck. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, a smart man would yeah. say, I don't know fuck about shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about music or composition or anything like that. Um, 
but just seeing that and seeing how, you know, musically you can get on the same page without even saying, Hey, look, we're going to do this. Yeah. And yeah. just kind of go in the same direction. Like that has to be a great feeling. Whoa. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, so I've, I've had that with, um, one other band member. We were just a two piece. It yeah. was me on drums and Landon on guitar. And there were times where we would play for like half an hour, like 45 minutes. Like we would just roll. Like one thing would feel like something and we both knew what that felt like. Yeah. And you just, you let it morph. Like you, you push yeah. the clay in this direction and that direction. Like you're both just beating the shit out of this feeling. Yeah. And, and it works. And like, it's like being high. It's it, like doing mushrooms. There are very few times in my life where I can look back and say, you know what, someone, I, I can, I can, point to something and say, this person just got me mm -hmm. and we were in sync kind of, uh, all the way. Like there, there's very few times. And I don't know if I've ever felt it where, you know, someone on playing music mm -hmm. and drums and stuff just kind of are, are linked and kind of going in the same direction. I don't know if I've ever felt that. Um, but there's something we said about being understood and understanding someone else. Yeah, I think. I think that that Without was a, talking. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's crazy for someone as antisocial as Baker. Like, I think that yeah. that was a really meaningful thing, and like that's like he he always sort of tended towards that. Is that he just wants to be understood? Like what he's doing, he want like what he's putting down. He wants someone to pick it up and like yeah. really treat it um, right. Yeah, with the same kind of sense. Yeah, this yeah. was uh, it was a cool doc for that reason, and uh, it's it's funny to think that like we were talking about his kids and how he basically didn't give a shit at all. Nope. And he was having fun at that polo club that yep, he yeah. started um, playing jazz afterwards. And his son was there. And that was the one time his son was like, this was one of the greatest moments. And then his dad is like in his head, even though he's laughing and playing the drums and it looks like he's actually having a good time. He's like, I fucking hate this drummer. This is a piece of shit drummer. And I don't want him to be yeah. here. But, right now. Like, he, he said some good things about his son, like as a drummer, but then when his uh, like shit hit the fan. Yeah. When, yeah. Uh, he was basically deported, but he, he deported himself before they could physically deport him. Like the last thing he said to him was like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah. That's just like, <laughs> yeah. So like he said he was a good drummer and he, and he has the time that Ginger thought he had. Like he has that oh, right timing. Yeah. He yeah. did say that, yeah. but then yeah, really? he's yeah. just like, I missed that. Yeah. I thought that he said the opposite. He's no. like, you're like, you're technically a good drummer. You've got good technique. Yeah. You've got good hands, but you're got no fucking time. Yeah, no, so I think he was talking about how his, his technique wasn't what Ginger would do, but his timing was mm. was there. Well, that yeah. would be a compliment then. But then before he left him, he's like, fuck you, you're a piece yeah. of shit. Mm. Yeah, and I think he did call him a terrible drummer at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but, he's like, you, his son was like, do you care about anything that I do? And he's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but like, in, Jesus. But in the breath before that, he, he was complimenting his, his drumming, and that, mm. but then said, Fuck you. Maybe internally Ginger's like, wait, I'm getting way too nice. Like, yeah. no, fuck him. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. You're a piece of shit and you're a terrible <laughs> drummer. I'm out. <laughs> right. Also the story that his son told about like some gig that they had to do. So, cause like he had the son and Ginger had no money. So yeah. the kid oh, yeah. had to get back home <laughs> and he's like, my stomach hurts. He's like 15 and Ginger just pulls out a line and like do this line of Coke. And he's like, I'm 15. And like, you want the money? Do the show, do mm -hmm. the Coke. He's like, I did the Coke and did the show fine. Yeah, and then my show. dad only <laughs> gave me enough money to get, he said he was going to buy a plane ticket, but he put me on a bus and then kept yeah. the rest of the money. Yeah. Which <laughs> I guess paid really well. Yeah. yeah. Like, God damn. Yeah. 
say he's a fucking asshole. Like, there's no apologizing for that kind of shit. I'm not going to try and protect Ginger Baker. The deification. I don't even think his wives this, tried to, de- they were like, nah, he no, was no. a dick. Like, yeah. the la- the only person who really protected him was his last wife. Well, um, and, and I don't even know if she really did, because, like, she did one, for sure. That was, at, no, like, dude, at this one, part was hilarious. At one point, they're like, Oh, is is Ginger a good stepfather? And she she was just silent for there like was a, oh, forty sure. seconds. And she's there was like, a solid forty. Yeah, she's like, uh, uh, and then she's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, obviously, but like, uh, like unto death, like she protected his estate and their relationship, and she still holds the keys to a lot of uh, his life. Like, did they get divorced anymore? Because I know he moved away no. from South Africa. He just died. No, they stayed together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he died like two years ago. 2019. Yeah. 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 In in England. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't know if, cause I knew he moved from, uh, from South Africa. I don't know if she came with him. Yep. Yeah. Cool. They died. Like, uh, they died together. Yeah. Really? No, no. Like she's alive. Yeah. Oh, wait. (laughs) They they were together until he died. Oh, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Dude, (laughs) she was like crazy young. Yeah. She was like 28. Like, wow, lady, I guess I'm going out. (laughs) Yeah. That's like and, some Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, he was like 80. <laughs> and the craziest thing, like we're, we're talking about his kids, like the only kid he really showed affinity for was her daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm really fond of Lisa. She's a very smart girl. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I mean, and maybe that was just in his older age where he's just like, wasn't the same guy as he was when he was um, on drugs and um, yeah, that's playing for music sure. and stuff. Jesus but, Christ! But yeah, like he, he seemed very loving towards her, but his, yeah. his own kids, he's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was pretty gnarly too. Like yeah. everyone close to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just goes to show the fact, like this, the director Jay Bulger mm-hmm. um, is doing this documentary with him. He tells him he's going to talk to everyone from his past. Yeah. And the dude just fucking clocks him in the face. Yeah. No, you're not. Out. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. That was a neat way to start the documentary. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cool bookend for sure. Yeah. And the way that the the title came about, I think that sign, Beware of Mr. Baker, is the sign at the gate yeah. of his compound. Yeah. Man, yeah. I wonder where that huh. sign is. Like, you think some yeah. cool South African kid just has that hanging in his room now or I, has it somewhere? This is like a strange documentarian fantasy, but like, I bet you Jay Balder has it. <gasps> that'd be so sick. Yeah. yeah I, that'd be cool. That I, would be I, so be fucking dope. Yeah, because I I assume Jay Balger lived with him for like more than three weeks. Like seemed oh, like yeah. a while. Yeah, like, yeah. A, like a month or two. Yeah, even. but yeah. um, yeah, I assume that he was pretty close with the whole family. You'd have to be. I mean, you yeah. have breakfast every morning. Yeah, what do you well, talk about? And and that's a crazy story in itself. Like you know, as someone who would love to become a a documentarian, mm-hmm. like just randomly calling this guy up out of the blue. Like first off, mm-hmm. fucking kudos. Like. I think finding his numbers probably wasn't the easiest task. <laughs> I mean, he was looking yeah. for work. Yeah. So true. Yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just calling him up, kind of lying to him about being a writer for Rolling Stone mm. and then going to, uh, to live with him. Like we should, uh, we should watch the doc that Jay watched about ginger. Oh, being like, I want to quit heroin. I'm going to yeah. drive across the Sahara. Yeah. Like, That's fucking crazy. At the height of his fame. Yeah, this seems like a cool story. Yeah. 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 And also, I'm surprised that this hasn't been like turned into like a drama because it seems like it could be like a serious, um, what the fuck's that Russell Brandt movie where like he has to take the guy to the- you know, Get him to the Greek? Yeah. Like something like that. Like it's just a dramatized Hollywood movie of this reporter 
going to meet this crazy ginger baker. Oh, that one story, yeah. Or like the doc the as good one. a movie. They would fuck it up. But like a biopic, I mean, yeah. yeah. That yeah. seems to be popular nowadays. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And with ginger just dying, they're yeah. like, oh. Well, maybe it's in but the But they're works. not going to make it because everyone is not fans of Eric Clapton right now. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking racist. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I he's don't like, think he's that racist. Is he? Oh, yeah, he's like super anti-immigration. Uh, yeah, he told- He's just like anti- Vax stuff because he got like really? fucked up from the vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah, but I didn't know he was. I mean, he's English, yeah. bro. Yeah, he's fair. old and English. I just I read recently that he was super against um, immigration. Maybe this was I read recently, but it was about a while ago. Um, Maybe changed his views. Yeah, I I think he asked. It was pretty blunt. I think he asked everyone in the audience who let me uh, see your papers, foreign or something, to clap. <laughs> And they all clapped and they were like, woo. He's like, yeah, you can fucking leave if you want to. Get the fuck out. Did anyone leave? I don't think so. <laughs> I'd be surprised. Imagine they rushed the stage and like, and then that's the night Eric got the shit kicked out of like him. Like they'd spitefully enjoy it. Dude, yeah. someone in that I crowd needed to be like, where's your son? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. He's a foreigner somewhere. Yeah. 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 That was pretty fucked up. I mean, I don't know the, I don't know the story. With this Dude, song. his son jumped out of a window. Yeah. Not really like the window was open and then the maid was like, Oh no. And Oh, as a kid. Yeah. And that's where, oh, that's where that's where tears of heaven came from. I, I and Christian that. and I had the debate if that kid survived, Clapton wouldn't have wrote that song and there goes a bunch of money. So like, thank you, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> taking the jump. I, I, you made I, daddy millions. Yeah. I didn't know that story now that you, uh, <laughs> you made daddy millions. You, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Your little, you little puddle of goo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> he looks down he's like that looks like one yeah. giant teardrop from god tears of holy shit i'm writing this down <laughs> he's crying at the window <laughs> i am not taking eric clapton in this one on twitter <laughs> man no one likes him so everyone will like us yeah well i don't but know no, i didn't know that. That's, on that that's crazy what about the other guy in cream is he old and crazy like the other yeah. two he's dead jack bruce died oh shit yeah I think so his name, yeah, Jack Bruce. Just yeah. clapped yeah. in. Oh, I have a contention with Jack Bruce. Um, he made a statement. Is it that, the fact that he has two first names? <laughs> no, I don't trust those. They people. usually make some serial killers. <laughs> yeah. So, Bundy, Bundy's a first name. Could be Ted. Um, <laughs> Ted. No, but oh. so Jack Bruce, the bassist for Cream, yeah. um, and a few other things like the person who Ginger Baker hated but kind of half respected the most. Mm -hmm. Um, makes a claim that he has perfect time. Mm -hmm. That's not a thing. Perfect pitch. This is like him. This is Jack Bruce reaching for some kind of. But like didn't Ginger say perfection. he had perfect time? He had great time. Oh, like not euphemistically, perfect. you can have perfect time. You can have great time. You can just have like a sense of time. Mm -hmm. But perfect time doesn't exist. And I think that this is Jack's analogy towards perfect pitch. It's because time is a construct. Potentially. No, but like pitch yeah. then. Yeah. No, but so does that mean they're like really good at telling time? No. Oh, okay. Um, so like you can maintain uh, beats per minute consistently. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah undeviatingly. Yeah. Better than most. Um, so perfect pitch. Like I can identify the color of white from black perfectly. Ev almost everyone can. I shouldn't have said but everyone. That's your perception of white. It could be different. It's a collective perception, though. I know. This is going to get weird, but continue. <laughs> yeah, so I'll shut up for 30 seconds. Perfect pitch is similar. Mm -hmm. um, there are markers and genuine and verified instances of people being able to differentiate pitches and tones. 
um, with no musical background, mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes most of the time it is musical background. That's where you develop it. Um, like distinguishing color. So you can tell light blue from dark blue. You can tell an A sharp from an A it's, it's verifiable. Like this is a real, um, talent. Most people can develop it who are like tonal musicians, like someone like Ginger Baker wouldn't have probably had this or known about it. Someone like myself, I would never know that I have perfect pitch because I don't play a a really pitched instrument. Mm -hmm. I can tune shit, but I can't, I can't tell those pitches apart just like really clearly as distinguished. Mm -hmm. Some people can, and it's called perfect pitch. Some people can have, um, uh, I, there's, there's a term for like developing the skill, but some people naturally are born being able to identify pitches. Perfectly. Like Adele? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I was just she's, saying she's fantastic. Pitch. Yeah. Her new album. That's real fucking weird. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Jack Bruce cannot have perfect time. It's not a thing. He can have great time. He can have good timing as a musician, but you can't have perfect time. And it's different when you say I have perfect time and this is why I'm a good bass player, and Ginger and I got along really well. That's not fair. If you said you have perfect timing, that's different. You can say that. But like to make that statement as a parallel or um, the, the sister to perfect pitch, that because perfect pitch is a thing, perfect timing must be a thing too, because some musicians feel fucking left out. Mm-hmm. They just, it's just not, it's not a thing. Jack Bruce is incorrect in saying he has perfect time. If he meant he can clearly distinguish 80 beats a minute from 81 or 80 and a half. It's not possible. Do not you think he biologically. Just, do you think he just said that just to fuck with Ginger? No. <laughs> no just so I Ginger watched this and was like, fuck, what the fuck? Maybe. Get pissed. Yes, actually, I never thought about that. Yeah, just like a subtle little Easter egg to be like, fuck you, Ginger. Yeah. Ginger ever watches it? Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I never oh, thought about man. that. It'd be funny to just like grind his yeah. ears a little bit. Yeah. Be like, fuck you. I know that. I mean, I Ginger was time. like, he's all right. Yeah. Like, oh, but dude. I, or like, if he I was like, time. Yeah, yeah, I think Ginger was a little tone deaf in the 60s. Yeah. Like, dude, those are fighting <laughs> words. Yeah. He's like, uh, he would play a consistent <laughs> beat, but it wasn't real yeah. 80. Yeah. Um, I never thought it's funny. Yeah. Like the length of but, his drumsticks were too short or some weird little thing. Yeah. So Jack Bruce having perfect time, not possible. I think one of my favorite stories in this, uh, was the creation of blind faith where, um, uh, Eric Clapton and I can't remember the other guy, uh, uh rich, uh, fuck. What was his name? Welch. Rick yeah, Welch. That sounds yeah. familiar. Anyways, they got together and then they're like having rehearsals and Ginger Baker just fucking showed up and was like, okay, let's go. And they're like, oh, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And apparently now he's in the band. Yeah. Um, just kind of made himself in the band. I think it was, uh, not, was it? Yeah. It was Roger Watts, the drummer for the Rolling Stones. Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts. Watts. That, that was like, for, yeah. that was for Cream. Charlie Watts was the original drummer for Cream. Yeah. For a very short time. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he basically said, well, you know it's okay. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Ginger Baker's a better drummer. Mm-hmm. Take him. Yeah. But Charlie Watts is saying like, it's crazy that everything that Ginger touched, you'd be like, Oh fuck, this is going to be an amazing oh, project. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be like for years and years. And then he's like an hour later, you're like, Oh fuck, I guess they all hate each other. There it goes. I, yeah. I just want to make one interlude in that. <laughs> um, this is a, um, direct message to a friend of mine, Keith Puffer, uh, that we got Charlie Watts's name, right? Oh, <laughs> when we did the, uh, the oh, Rolling yeah. Stones doc, we called him char- something else. 
Uh, Chris Watts. We call him Chris Watts. Oh, Chris. Chris Watts is a guy who murdered his wife and children in the States. <laughs> wow. So Keith, it's Charlie Watts. We got it right. It's Charlie Watts. Thanks, yeah. Keith. Any relation? <laughs> I don't think so. Not uh, yet. Okay. No. Um, that being said, yeah, yeah. So basically Charlie Watts said, you know, everything Ginger Baker touched, like, yeah. exploded. Yeah. Extremely. Um, yeah. Um, what's the word I'm looking at? Extremely, um, like magnificently. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, it's very successful. Who the fuck's the dude in the the old stories where he glued the wings and got too close to the sun? Icarus. Yeah, yeah. That's Ginger, man. Yeah. Every project, he just fucking <laughs> straight to the sun, and then it just crashes and burns. Yeah, and and, and the, probably part of his personality, like I think a so. lot of that, like yeah. self destructive for yeah. sure. Yeah, but I think his. Um, I don't know if it was his son or if it was uh, fucking the guy from Chili Peppers. I said his name earlier. Will Ferrell? Chad Smith? Yeah, Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell was saying that, um, now that I think about it, I think it was his son, but that he he wasn't hesitating at all about his music. No. He yeah. never thought about it at all. Like, he was so focused and so, uh, like, diving deep into it that that's probably where a lot of his skill came from is that he just, he had blinders on. He was so fucking passionate that that's part of what made him a good drummer is the fact that he loved drumming. And Mm. I made this analogy before, but so like Ginger Baker, great fucking drummer because he loves it. Buddy Rich, great fucking drummer, but it's cause he's good at it. So like Buddy Rich is a good drummer and that's why he loves it. Ginger Baker loves it. And that's why he's a good drummer. And you can tell the difference for sure. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. someone who's just simply skilled, like Neil Peart. Neil Peart's a great drummer, but like, did he, did he truly love it? Can you tell that he loved the music that he played? I don't know. I don't, I don't know that it was the same. It wasn't as fun as was Ginger Baker. a drummer for Rush? Yeah. Uh, was the drummer. He's was. dead now. <laughs> Jesus, man. Drum, don't, are you going to be okay? I don't know. You might die. Let's Bro, just, all these drummers are dead. Don't talk about it. How old are you? Maybe. <laughs> don't do heroin. Just not? promise us that. Okay. Be like that guy with Ginger. We're like, Ginger, don't do heroin. <laughs> and then Ginger did heroin. You know what I did next? <laughs> yeah. Drugs. Yeah. I get the timing of music when I shoot myself up with junk. <laughs> how, God Christian, damn. how old are you? 27. Oh. So yeah, you, you've almost passed the 27 club, so you're good. Mm. I thought it was 20. Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm 28. I don't know. <laughs> I've been doing I'm, a lot of heroin lately. Again, time is a construct. <laughs> time is a construct. Especially on age, bro. It's never perfect. Yeah. If, if you were in Korea, you would be 28 or a year older than you think you are. Yeah, mm. that's true. That yeah. sweet age, they're, they're like seven. Oh, yeah. They're Fuck. like 82. You're, you're one at the, at the moment of your birth. <laughs> like in, the in thought Korea. of your birth. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. that's confusing. Happy birthday! <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of Korea, I watched Parasite. Was it good? It was pretty good. Wait, cool. You haven't seen it? No. No. What? Watch it. It's great. I don't believe in movies with subtitles. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I haven't even watched Squid, Squid Game yet. But fair enough. Ah, fuck Squid Game. But like uh, Parasite. Squid Game was really good. I've, I've heard it's really good, but I've also it. heard a ton of boycott. Talk from, Why? Like 
Well, like 95% of women in Korea are like, this is too close to home already in terms of like oh, fuck yeah. misogynism and like South or West hyper sexualization. I guess you wouldn't get the, I mean, <laughs> South or West, yeah. South or North, but you wouldn't get the North ladies being like, Hey, this is fucked up. Yeah. West Korea is also known as China. No, no, <laughs> but like, so yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Korea, That's yeah. fun. Korean women have said that this is kind of a ridiculous show because this is too close to their lives already that it puts women in a strange hyper-sexualized position and they just don't, they don't want that. Uh, oh, and American like, women are like, welcome to the bus, baby. Yeah, yeah, they're I mean, like, they're on the train. They're getting fucking like bumped and groped and talked to and harassed. And then they're at work and they get no fucking pay. They USA, get menial jobs USA, and then they go home and they watch USA, TV USA, and it's USA, the same fucking shit. But yeah, I mean, it's just an episode about Squid Game, but there's only one like sex scene. And there's only one woman who ever gets, um, sexualized and she's the one who says, Hey, let's go fucking in the bathroom. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I don't know. So I mean like I'll trust like 50,000 Korean women about their TV. Yeah. You don't know what else they watch myself. Yeah, that's true. Maybe their news is just like super objectifying. Yeah. Well then <laughs> they don't want to I guess to that makes it. your point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, anyways, we'll watch other shit on yeah. Netflix then. Yeah. <laughs> parasites on Netflix. They probably don't want to watch that. No. But yeah, I heard it's good. It's good. That's cool. Yeah, this doc was good. I wonder if Ginger ever went to Korea. <laughs> no. <laughs> Man, imagine he pulled like a dentist and was like, I hung out with Kim Jong Zim Zim. Mm, that would not surprise Him me. Him and the Kims were homies. Tokyo, Japan had a huge jazz culture. Really? I would not be surprised if uh, Ginger Baker ever went to Japan and had a great time. Well, I'm sure Cream over the two years had to have had like some kind of world tour. Yeah. Or even true. within like the... Um, Reunion tours. Cream in yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those, those coconut but, cream, but the right time too. Yeah. It probably wouldn't have shrimp cream. Ginger would have been like, this is like me childhood. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's probably not the time yeah. to go to Vietnam. <laughs> Man. And point. then they sprayed the ancient orange. Um, I love the smell of ancient orange in the morning. Oh my God. Like, God damn it. This guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. You can just see in his eyes. He's crazy. Fuck. Right, yeah, yeah, dude. Like, that's what I was saying. Like his mom had to be like when he was seven, like, Oh fuck. Mm -hmm. This kid's fuck. Even his sister was like, oh yeah, he has, like, we all have the Baker rage, but I've just learned how to control it. Yeah. And he hasn't. So you're like, well, that whole family's fucking crazy. Yeah. Just let me bang on something. Dude, it's good old English rage where like you can't <laughs> show it and then you just outwardly just fucking blow up everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but keep calm, Ginger. And he's like, you touch, it just explodes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then like the note, because his dad died in the second world war when he was like four, yeah. three or yeah, four, four and a half. And then he got a note that his dad wrote him when he was supposed to read when he was 14 and basically That's said, light. yeah, don't be a pussy. And Ginger was like, oh yeah, up to that point, I would just cry if someone pussy. punched me. <laughs> and then after that, I just went up to people and started punching them for no reason. Mm. So kind of that, that part that you were talking about, like was animated and there was a lot of that cool, animation style was really cool, cool animation uh, within the dock. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. A lot of like very like, I'm, I'm going to call it rustic, but like very like rough hand drawn uh, stuff. Uh, kind of like rotoscope ish ish where they like filmed it and then scrape over it kind of, but kind of, yeah, not but really. it, it was, it was yeah. a really cool addition to um, obviously the, the stuff that was filmed. Yeah. Um, this was Jay Baldur's first um, project, right? I, I don't know if it was or not. So, I, can, I, can I think it, it was his first documentary. I think so. He's got a bunch of stuff on his Vimeo, which He's I was saying to, to Tyler, too, we right? really kind of fucked up. 
I feel like we could have messaged him on Vimeo. When oh, I was yeah, watching I this this morning, I, it was like message, and I was like, oh. That's a weird message to be like, hey man, what are you doing in two hours? Yeah. <laughs> Can we interview you? Yeah. By the way, where are you? What time is it where you are? Yeah, that would have been fantastic to talk to Jay. Stupid fucking so American. He's only done three. Hey. Hey, I am just quoting Ginger Baker. Yeah. You are deaf, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to beat you. The credits were great when it's just him ripping on him. Like, what kind of stupid fucking question? Yeah. <laughs> and then like when... um. Jay said that he talked to Ginger a few times over the phone when, before they met. And then Ginger's like, just come to South Africa. Mm. She's like, oh, cool. I'm going to get to live with this guy and has the camera. And then like, oh, hey, Ginger, nice to meet you. And he's watching TV, smoking like, I, and like, ah, what do you want to like this? I'm came all this way. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you invited me. Here. Yeah. <laughs> he's only directed three things. Okay. Uh, Two are full documentaries. One is a documentary short. Mm. Cool. This is the only one about music. Oh, I see. Yeah. He, did, he did Viewer of Mr. Baker, and then We Are was about uh, like Penn State. Um, Sports? No, kind about of. Uh, Mr. Sandusky. A little bit of... He liked to get handsy with the boys. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then he did uh, Counterpunch, which was a boxing documentary. Mm. Dude, you don't know the Penn State story? It's fucked up. Yeah. Mm. Is Dude, it on like, the list? Probably. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that one, that one, I don't, no, that one, I don't think that one, so. That one's a short. Oh, I yeah. see. But like there was, oh, the boxing another, counterpunch is the other feature length. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cool. Most boxing documentaries are intense because boxers usually have mega fucked up lives. How would we know this? What? There's that, only one boxing doc that's come up so far and we haven't fucking watched it. What? Uh, when we were kings. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We well, I mean, that. everyone knows Muhammad Ali's story. It didn't end so well, Christian. I think it ended great. He got a little shaky near the end. Oh, that. Got a little <laughs> shaky. Yeah. But, I mean, I would still say it ended great for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Why not? So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For sure. <laughs> it's just an intense profession to get punched in the head. You usually don't have a sweet retirement plan. Yeah. Gotta eat more mushrooms. Yeah, maybe. I mean, George... Uh, uh, Foreman, yeah, George Foreman. He he's got a sweet. Uh, okay, story. so here's a case. He's got like eight kids named George. Yeah, and a daughter, and a daughter named George. Georgina. Okay, so there's a Canadian that fought Muhammad Ali named. Uh, God damn it, I'm gonna fucking forget his name, and I just that had. Is, that is a really terrible name. No, fuck me. It's French. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue because I'll remember this. Oh. But the, anyways, the point of the story is both of his sons died of heroin, and his wife killed herself. Is he still alive? George Chavallo. Mm. Uh, he might be. I don't know. He talked to my high school to be like, don't do heroin. This oh, is shit. my story. Did he do heroin? No. Oh. He Just he kids. was the only one that like, fought Ali that didn't get knocked down. Oh, shit. This oh. guy was huge. But yeah, his kids liked the age. Yeah. We got we to gotta watch that documentary. When We Were Kings? Yeah. Yeah. The um, performance that... James Brown does yeah. is supposed to be one of like the best live musical performances ever in general. Yes. Like Not for that, is. for that show, like huh. in Zambia, is that where they were? Uh, fuck. What no. was the name of that place? Um, no, no, no. Oh my God. Zan I don't even know. I should know it because it's been used in so much stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget what, the name. What was the fight name? The Rumble, Rumble in the, in the jungle. jungle. Oh yeah. 
it was Zaire. 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 Yeah. Yeah. In Zaire. So it's just James Brown and Zaire, like living it up. Yeah. And I think the performance is in the dock. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. So we have it on on TV. We have no excuse. No, we have no excuse. No, we just, that fishbowl, man. I thought it was kind of weird that in this dock, Ginger Baker was put forward, forward as like bringing African music back to the UK. Well, man, that's how anything English, they're like, there's no way someone not white, like you could have your thing, but it doesn't get discovered until a white English person sees it and brings it back physically. See, and I think I took it as just like bringing it into the mainstream. Like, like they say, cream was like the first like mega band, like the first super Yeah, That's pretty crazy to do like stadiums. Super mental. And then incorporating that kind of like African beat into Mm -hmm. uh, the first super rock group. Yeah. I guess it's just, it's a fucking Paul Simon scenario. It's the same like, shit with like Elvis too, man. Cause people yeah. were like, where did he get this? And like black dudes that weren't on the stage were like that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of the same shit. Yeah. Bingo. Like Led Zeppelin, Rolling yeah. Stones, Cream, Elvis, like these, these people definitely stole things without giving true credit. Yeah. Like <laughs> Ginger Baker didn't stand up after all the shows and be like, I'd like to thank fucking yada, yada, yada. Um, for the inspiration, like he, yeah. like there was no credit. He just soaked it up, mm-hmm. and it's not like he was a great person, anyways. And it's not like Eric Clapton was a fucking great person or Jack Bruce gave a shit at all. He was making money. He definitely doesn't give a shit. But yeah, I just in in part, I really didn't like that about this doc because like where Ginger first encountered African beats was on a vinyl in the basement of an Englishman. Mm-hmm. So like. <laughs> it had to get there somehow. Yeah, that's what I said. An English, a white yeah. guy found it and was like, here you go. And they're like, white guy, you created this? He's well, like, like, yes, of course I did. Like and someone like, went to Africa and recorded those sounds. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying, like it existed. It yeah. existed so much that it's on record. It's probably in South Africa during apartheid. So it the just, person was getting the shit kicked out of them as they had to record. And you're like, this is yeah. fucked up. It just, um, I don't know. I just, I didn't like the deification of uh, Ginger Baker on that front. Mm-hmm. It felt kind of cheap. Like clearly this is not the whole story. And the fact that we give it to Ginger Baker seems like that's just, we're perpetuating racism and a, a bit of the patriarchy too. Like he's just keeping it consistent of being an asshole. Yeah. Well, like this asshole white English person, male yeah. um, can do no wrong. And when he does wrong, it just makes for a great story. See, I, I kind of get what you're saying, but then he also talked about like his musician friend that was like very political. And when Ginger was playing polo and how the musician was like, Hey man, oh, I got to, yeah, like, yeah, I got to distance myself. And he's mm-hmm. like, I felt bad about that. But it was like, man, at some point you could have sat down with this guy and been mm-hmm. like, listen, and if you really cared that much, it would have been a bigger stand to be like, yeah, fuck polo. Yeah. I cannot play for a month or two. Like I'm better friends with you yeah. than I am with the They're horses. Like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I got to go hang out with these rich white people. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah it's just, get, it was just kind of weird that yeah. that whole part of Ginger Baker's life was kind of like, it's pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really, uh, I didn't really like the idea of like deifying. Yeah. And I've used the word a ton, but to like to just give this person so much credit where like they're like they're good at what they do, but they're mm-hmm. an asshole and it's it's fine to for the sake of criticism or an, a, analyzing it, you can separate the art from the artist, but never forget that in reality they're not different. Yeah. And I think Chad Smith actually is another one of these people uh, who makes that point that 
for all the bad and for all the ways that Ginger Baker fucked up and fucked over people, he made the art that he did. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't like to remember Nazi science, but we didn't just burn the books either. Like mm-hmm. we, bad stuff happened. We're not just going to like cast it into the wind. Cause then it's like a double bad operation paperclip. So, exactly. So like bad things happened and Ginger Baker made good music. Yeah. I can't separate the two. I can briefly, but then I have to put them back together. Right. And I think a lot of people neglect to put them back together because they just revere Ginger Baker. Like he means something for them, but objectively like his kids, they were like mistreated. Like they were made to be homeless and they didn't have a dad. So like as much as Ginger Baker didn't have a dad, neither did they, but Ginger Baker was alive. Yeah. Ginger's dad also died fighting Nazis, not just like, I wasn't there because I didn't want to be there. Yeah. Like, it seems like, I guess just from the note, but if he had a dad, it seems like his dad probably would have been around. Yeah. He seems like a cool guy. Mm -hmm. He's willing to like write a handwritten note to his son. I mean, that couldn't have been fucking printed, but like he's willing to write a note for his son because he knew that he was going to do something dangerous. And listen, boy, I'm going to go kill some Nazis. That's like some fucking Huck Finn shit. Like some classic. Yeah, there would have been more N words in the Huck Finn note, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I ever catch you in South Africa, <laughs> if yeah. you ever become friends, like yeah. Jesus, Dad. Yeah, it just um, it it seemed to be a lot of propping up. Like they they tried really hard to uh, prop up Ginger Baker for the feats of musicality that he had. It seems like everyone just kind of felt sorry for him too. I think he's just like an old genius. Oh, at the end, yeah, yeah, but, like, when he's, like, 25. Oh, yeah, like it just seemed like... But, like, well, all of his girlfriends, like, the one young girl was, like, yeah, it was, like, someone that needed help. You so, mean, through his yeah. whole life... You mean his daughter's first boyfriend? No, no, not that girl. Sister? Yeah, that was great. That was another one where I just, like, looked and was, like, wait, what? Let's play that back. Yeah. Like, hey, Dad, this is my new boyfriend. Like, who's that? That's his sister. Like, hey, baby, come here. Mm. Hey, wife, yeah. peace. I'm going to go with the 18-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty and then like left them with no money and the wife's yeah. like yeah and then the government comes and takes my fucking house and my yeah. kids and I are like left homeless yeah. so and like do I want do I like and appreciate and want Ginger Baker's music at that time being made yeah. more than I think that I would like the, his family to have Damn. survived comfortably and not have been homeless no I don't give a fuck about Ginger Baker's music I'll make it like it's it's not worth it there's anyone was like, hey, you guys heard the new Cream album? She's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, like. Or the kids go to school and that's all everyone's playing and they're like, God fucking damn it. Yeah. You imagine? Yeah. That'd hey, don't you know? Oh, no, you don't really. Dan, 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 dan. Yeah. Dan. <laughs> that's dan, Deep Purple. Dan, dan. What? No, it's yeah. not. That's a Deep Purple song. That's. No, it's not. That's Sunshine of Your Love. Oh, it is. You're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I have perfect pitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, no, but so like, yeah, in that regard, that would be fucking, that's shitty. Yeah. Like, I like don't everywhere, wish. they're like, oh my God, yeah. he's amazing. And like, like, let me tell you a story. Attributing Ginger Baker with bringing the African beat back to the UK. Like, I don't give a fuck that it was Ginger Baker. Like, if it wasn't Ginger, it was going to be fucking... Um, Charlie Watts like and if it wasn't Charlie Watts it was gonna be who's the drummer star Zeppelin Bonham yeah wait what maybe him I don't know oh, we're just stealing it, yeah. shit no exactly oh, not that but like if it, Ginger Baker receives the accolade of transference like he was the conduit yeah and he is like 
deified mm-hmm. because he was the conduit. He didn't actually produce anything. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't change just, music. Just white he, discovered it was going to change. Yeah. He just, he was the first one to set foot. So like if he didn't, like if it wasn't fucking, uh, Vespucci, it would have been Columbus. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't Columbus, it would have been fucking cook. Mm-hmm. So like it's, it's going to happen. The fact that it was ginger Baker, I'm not going to give him credit for. Yeah. And I'm definitely not going to give him credit because he didn't give credit. It just. What a yeah. wild, crazy ass time for music. Yeah. It like, was nuts. Jesus Christ. I blame drugs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it was but like the first time hearing that stuff. They're like, what the fuck? What yeah. I want to know is what the hell is property value in South Africa? Like that was a pretty big farm. Yeah. And self-proclaimed being broke. And the fact that he had all those horses. When was it? Like, I think I could take my my life savings and move over to South Africa and live very comfortably. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's a pretty dark, fucked up place, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I bet you he hey, didn't, like... Elon Musk is from there. It can't be that bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> so does he have a right to the cobalt that he's stealing? Or, I don't know. It doesn't yeah. matter. But, like, I wonder if Ginger Baker had that ranch built or if that was an existing one that yeah. he just bought and modified. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Seemed like a pretty cool... Ranch. I like how the stalls were like brick. Like yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. Like that's super cool. It's probably a lot cheaper. There's probably a lot more clay in Africa than there is wood. And also the workforce. I think you're just like, hey, I'm either gonna like shoot you in the head or you can build my barn. Yeah, you're like, gonna move all these bricks. How about I move the bricks? So like, yeah, that's a good idea. I say we watch some of the movies that he was in. Oh, they look <laughs> so awesomely terrible. Yeah. That's He's some probably exploitation. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exploiting him hard. Like, hey, so you'll take this week's monthly salary in Coke and heroin? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I I'm shoot sure this there's probably the scenes shoot? in the movie where there's like white all over his face. <laughs> He's just running around. You're like, Ginger, come back. Yeah. You're not ready. Oh, it's not snowing in the desert? That's not makeup. <laughs> Fuck. And oh, that'd be funny. And it's so wild how like his appearance like changes throughout the movie. Like, mm. you know, where times you can tell, yeah, like this guy's definitely on drugs. Yeah. Um, and then like when he's a little bit older in LA, he still kind of looks crazy, but he looks more like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then the final one, like where he's uh, at his ranch in South Africa, Put on some more weight. That's what, I was just drugs. thinking that. Yeah. I'm like, like he's a, like a lifelong heroin user, and he was pretty sullen in the fucking cheeks before he started using heroin. Yeah, and like now he's kind of got a paunch. Like he's a bigger guy than me. Yeah. Is it was. like alcohol where you stop drinking and you gain weight? I have no idea. I guess sl- heroin. I think like slowly kills you. So I guess when you stop doing it, your body's probably just like. <sighs> Mm. All right, this is cool. I'm going to relax for a while. Yeah, we don't have to be on death's door every fucking minute of every day. I'm going to hang on to some of this stuff. (laughs) I'm not just going to puke it up and shit it Whoa, what's this fat? That's crazy. (laughs) We can use this? Yeah. It was a good doc. I liked it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad you guys, like, we got to watch this. Because this was one in the coming up with this idea of this whole thing of, like, I want you guys to watch this. Because, like, this is crazy. Yeah, and yeah, like I had it. no idea of like this fucking drummer, and then like Cream was the first to like do this, do that, and to have all these bands be like, no Ginger, Ginger's the shit, like the guy from Pink Floyd, like Nick Moon, where he's like Nick Mason, Keith Moon, Nick, yeah. uh, no, no. The, Nick yeah, Mason, yeah, yeah, Nick Mason, Keith was, Moon was from the Who, yeah, like 
no, this like this is why I drum. And they're like, holy fuck. Like that one guy had yeah. his ripples out are so big. But yeah, it, it's also like anyone at like the forefront that's just so driven. Like Steve Jobs, like there's countless stories of like that guy was a fucking dickhead. But right. like, look what he created. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're just so driven. And then like, you can't, you got to respect, I guess, respect the hustle. Mm. <laughs> but the way that you hustle, they're like, man, you fuck a lot of people. Yeah, you you're just drugs. like a goddamn train that's like, I'm fucking running over everything. Yeah, I don't give a shit. So you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's one way to create art. But like, you could do it and be like a nice person. Yeah, scorched earth. Yeah, I guess that was Chad Smith's point though. That like, if Ginger did it differently, would his music be the same? Like, yeah. it simply is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's and the- like. Dude, this and the, I was like the history of like punk music or something mm. that Johnny Rotten is interviewed yeah. and it's two things that I was like, holy shit. I think Johnny Rotten's like actually intelligent. He's a well-spoken person. Oh man. In this. Yeah. And in the punk history of punk, like he breaks shit down where you're like, oh, well, yeah, this is all just like his weird act. Like that's fucking, I hate the sex pistols, mm. but like yeah. Johnny Rotten's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And yeah, what he says of like, you have to respect, like, I don't respect the man, but like the way that he did it and what he stood for, like, you have to respect that. Yeah. And then like, Cause like he did, yeah. he did produce good music. I mean, like in some way he did change the world yeah. with his music and never wavering. And like, this is my vision. This is what, and like, it wasn't like yeah. some dudes in suits came in and were like, Hey Ginger, put on this pink fucking shirt and drum this and do that. And you'll make billions of dollars. And he's like, yeah, okay. He's like, yeah. no, that shit's lame. I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah. So. So why the fuck did they interview Nick Mason? Why? He put on the pink tutu? <laughs> no, but like, welcome to the machine. That's exactly what they say. But like, I I don't know that that's exactly uh, like a self-narrative. You better rip on Pink Floyd right Pink now because I'm about to murder you. But I mean, they made a lot of money. I mean, I've talked about Pink Floyd and some other uh, things, not here, but like. Pink Floyd, it goes off of what you always say about the Mitch, that Pink Floyd consistently, every time they released an album, they fucking changed the world. Yeah. Like no other band did that. Yeah. There's a a breakdown of this comedian Joey Diaz did where he like was like, when I was a kid, like this Pink Floyd album came out, there was like seven where you're like the, every time they released it, it changed music. And they're like, what the fuck? Like a band has one album that does that. And everyone's like, Oh my God, these guys were just like, all right, so we hit a home run and yeah. now I guess we'll hit another and another and another and mm-hmm. another. They're like, Holy shit. Yeah. So in, in that regard, like every time they had a release, it changed the world, but, uh, they've also caught a lot of shit for playing both sides. It's kind of like rage against the machine. Yeah. That like pink Floyd was all about, like the blue collar, like regular people like mm-hmm. fight against the man, but their tickets were the most expensive in Europe, mm-hmm. like across the world, Pink Floyd tickets when they were touring, like when it was the full band, you like hundreds of dollars back then. But also like the tour for animals, the album was like mm-hmm. one of the most expensive tours, like for them. Right. So that's where yeah. you could justify. Cause they're like, we're putting on such a show. That like, yeah. this is what you're no. paying for. But I get what you're saying. So like, it was yeah. like the shit with Dylan when Dylan was like, I only do yeah. acoustic. And then he plugged in his guitar and people were like, we're going to kill you now. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's, it, it's like rage against the machine. They're yeah. like, like take the power back and then you release it on Warner brothers music. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, man, I got kids. I got to pay for my kids. Like, you sons of bitches. Yeah. And, like, I know that, like, there's no better way to fight a system like the music industry than from within it gets so big and siphoned from it that essentially you can shift power. Yeah. I get it. But... Yeah, it's 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 a tough nut to. Crack. You still got to play the game. Yeah, it's a it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, you have to play the game to win. Yeah, yeah, which I understand. And it would have just been awesome to have been in a room and have executives try and get Ginger to play the game. I was just thinking that he would have like, just been like shooting heroin into his arm, like shut yeah. up. Yeah, and like Ginger shut Baker up. was not one to play the game. No, and if someone asked him to play the game, he's like, "Fuck you." Yeah, or even in interviews when they're like, "So, do you think Nirvana's the new cream?" And you could tell he was like, yeah. "If this camera wasn't on me, I'd punch you in the head right now." <laughs> yeah. yeah, or like, "So, you're like, you're, this band is like, re- like rock, jazz fusion." He's like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, like I don't want to be in a box. I just play music. Like, yeah, why is that music. so hard for people? So we're like, "Oh, so it's like this," and like, no. Yeah. It's not <laughs> one of the few people who uh, I know as an actual audiophile, like they spend a lot of time and money that this is the forefront of their hobby and personal time. Is Dude, you personally know Henry Rollins <laughs> listening to music, like on high quality, like hand built by themselves speakers. They have like special recordings on LP and like they've got like tape players and everything. It's like they, they go nuts on this. Um, strictly classical jazz and like indie UK folk from the sixties, like high quality recordings meant to express the sound in the studio perfectly. Damn. That's cool. And like to reproduce it, like the only audio file I know in person. Um, Do you just go there and cry at the sounds? (laughs) I've listened to a handful of things and like it, it really is moving to hear something that's uh, designed to like to um, deliver music in a very specific way. Like mm-hmm. there was one chair in the room that he had set up to listen to music in because he would listen to it alone. Mm-hmm. Everything like he would like fucking unplug the fridge. Like everything was shut off, like no sound. Um, and there was one chair and it was mathematically placed in the room so that this is the point where the music converges. This is perfect, like scientifically perfect. And he refuses to listen to anything shitty he says that in his opinion, like we talked about this, Ginger Baker is the only drummer in rock that he gives a shit about. Whoa. Like he's the only real drummer. Damn. Because he's not a rock drummer. He's yeah. a jazz drummer who plays rock because it yeah. makes him a lot more fucking money. Yeah. And nobody wants to listen to jazz. Like at first jump, he plays jazz. Like he opens up a polo club. He doesn't play fucking cream covers. He plays jazz and like it's mm. hard jazz. But yeah, it's a, like Ginger Baker is the only drummer that he gives any fucking credence to because he's the only drummer that really plays his instrument like an instrument, not just as like the backbeat to fucking John, Chad Cougar, bro. Yeah, John Lennon and Paul McCartney yodeling. <gasps> Ringo was good. Ringo was not even the best drummer in the Beatles. He jokingly said that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, but Ginger Baker, like he's... Um, he has been under my radar, at least, uh, in terms of music. But That's cool. To other people. That's why I wanted you to watch this. It's just like, oh, man, like you kind of yeah. have an insight in the drumming world. Like, look at this crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to a lot of uh, a lot of Ginger's work, like both Air Force albums, uh, Blind Faith, Cream, and um, uh, I think it was one of his African albums. I think it was just Ginger, Ginger in Africa or African Sounds. Can't remember what it was. Oh, maybe War in Africa. What? Uh, 
what what era do you think was like his best work? Oh man, um, honestly, like like Cream, yeah, like Cream, and then Air Force One and yeah, Two. Yeah, man, there's some Cream songs that you're like, God damn it! Yeah, Sunshine is- of Your Love is like, like it's like a lifeblood. Like when that song plays, it's just like rhythmically there's there's a walk to it, and it's just yeah. killer. It's such a good fucking song. Like lyrically, I have no idea what they're talking about. Never really listened, but like rhythmically, it is off the hook. Yeah, it's like probably like doing heroin, <laughs> the closest yeah. that they could ever translate that. Probably kind of why they did it. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Shall we pick a uh, a new movie to to watch? Sure. Yeah, I think it's your turn, isn't it? Didn't you pick? I picked yeah. this one. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I can. All right, I don't want to pick because my hands are sweaty. Beware of Mr. Holly. I've been talking too much. Uh-oh. So, we are watching... Rest Repo. Oh, I think I took this one off the list and I forgot to take that out. 2012, Time for Change. No, I don't. Jesus. No. No, thanks. Well, that clearly didn't change anything. (laughs) Yeah, I think I took took that off of our list. Fucking conspiracies. New list. Conspiracies. 2012, will it ever happen? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. This is going to be a weird doc. We'll have to see. Does that mean we're in the future watching it? <laughs> 2012. Will it ever happen? <laughs> I don't know. Man, oh. I can't wait until 2013. That's going to be intense. Yeah. What will the world be like when it's not here? Uh, I did keep it on the list, so I think I did kind oh, of uh, look look at this one. As um, we subtly rip on it. It's a documentary feature that presents ways to transform our unsustainable society into a Regenerative planetary culture. Oh my god. I have a suggestion in lieu of this one because this one sounds like a fucking resonance frequency of shit. Yeah, I think we just came to the conclusion on this documentary like 80% of the human population dies and then mm. we go old school. It's it's a legit doc. It's not, uh, but but I mean, we can can pick another one. I mean, if it's a legit doc, we'll try it. Let's just angry watch it. Okay. I'm in for an angry watch. (laughs) uh, This hippie lady that on the front looks like she's going to spill some bullshit. That Jane fucking Goodall? No. Uh, F- Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda? The commie. Um, yeah. It's on a website called Films for Action. Imagine it was Jane Goodall. She's like, we just need to learn to communicate with gorillas. The fuck does that mean? We need to employ them. Oh, yeah. Enslave. I mean, employ. <laughs> so it presents an optimistic alternative to apocalyptic doom and gloom. Oh, Jesus. Uh, directed by Emmy Award nominee Jao Amorum. Okay. So, well, we'll give it a try. Yeah. Sounds like. Okay. Cool. 2012, time for change. When did this come out? 2012. <laughs> oh, 20, 2010. 2010? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. What? Wait. Well, what? yeah, really? they had two yeah. years. To, you have two years to get your shit together. What are they going to release the doc the, that year and be like, we got six months or the world's fucked. It's yeah, like a religious thing. You're <laughs> like, hey man, in two years, some shit's going to go down. But until then, you give me money at this address and we'll get shit figured out. <laughs> yeah, the church of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, so the title is 2012, Time for Change. The year it's released is 2010. So, time is a construct. Time is a construct. Okay, well, thanks for uh, joining us for another week. Um, 
if you heard in our intro, uh, we have had some people uh, leave us messages on Anchor. Hell yeah. Uh, we've tweeted out the link. So visit our Twitter. Come into our uh, harbor and throw your anchor yeah. down. Three Dudes Pod. You like that? Um, oh, okay. On Twitter. Neither did uh, I. Come uh, and leave us a message and uh, let us know your name, where you're listening from, uh, and your favorite documentary. And if we don't have it on our list, we will certainly add it. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Okay, gentlemen, I will uh, see you next week. Later. Later. Thank you.